The views, opinions, and comments expressed by hosts, guests, and callers of this show are not necessarily those of this station, its parent company, TeleSouth Media, its staff, management, or advertisers. Content of this broadcast cannot be duplicated or used in any way without the express written consent of TeleSouth Media Incorporated. Now, join us for Advisors Roundtable with your hosts, certified financial planners, Greg Cooley and Bubba Labus. It's professional advice for your life. Welcome to the Advisors Roundtable. Certified financial planners, Greg Cooley and Bubba Labus with you right here on Super Talk Radio. Thanks a lot for listening. We appreciate all of our sponsors. So, Bubba, you looked at the headlines today? They're just general headlines. Yeah, generally. Yeah, uh, you know, local and national, international, Mm -hmm. anything jump off the the page at you that gave you a particular worry or anxiety today? Anything? anything You know, not necessarily today, but I think we need to say this, though. Mm -hmm. Mississippi has been in the national headlines Mm -hmm. pretty substantially over the last week. Uh, so number one, mm-hmm. back to back Mississippi teams have won the College World Series. Mm-hmm. Pretty good. And then uh, you know the the Roe v. Wade mm-hmm. uh, overturn in the mm-hmm. Supreme Court was based on a Mississippi law mm-hmm. uh, that that was presented there. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. news and headlines I think are, are kind of what rule most everybody's day. Isn't and, it? and you can take headlines, mm-hmm. and you usually have two sides of them, right? You know. Ole Miss wins the thing, so the people who are state fans are depressed. But last year, yeah. they were on uh, elated. Mm-hmm. You know, so uh, a great thing, two Mississippi teams in a row winning the national championship, but you can be on a high or a low related mm-hmm. to which side you are, you are on that thing. The Roe versus Wade thing. Some people are hating on the Supreme Court. Some people are just glad and relieved and, and answer to their prayer. You know, mm-hmm. And so there are various ways to look at that and all these other headlines you're worried about ukraine you're worried about russia you're worried about gas price you're worried about the stock yeah. market you're worried about any of this uh, china producing an, uh, a new uh, aircraft carrier mm-hmm. yeah you name it mm-hmm. uh so th- add that along with whatever everybody's caring personally mm-hmm. so we got all these reasons to be anxious and it's a perfect day to have our resident counselor <laughs> Come right. and talk to us, Cassandra Decker. It's always great to to have you with us, and uh, maybe you can calm us down. Give us a give us a reason not to be anxious. I will do my best, and I am so glad to be here. I always have such a good time, so yeah. I appreciate you guys bringing me on. Yeah, so you see a lot of anxious people these days. It is incredible how many people are dealing with anxiety, and a lot of them, well, the majority of them have never realized that they had anxiety, oh. and now it's a it's kind of a new thing that people are experiencing. All right. It, uh, so are you saying that maybe I had anxiety all along and I was dealing with it or not? And now that it's come to the forefront in the press and in the news, maybe I'm allowing myself to to realize that and be aware of it. Um, you seeing that more where where it's becoming kind of the, the cool diagnosis or whatever. There are so many diagnoses now that are becoming uh, buzzwords. Yes, it's, mm. it's extremely cool to be, you know, I've got anxiety or so I've got a go trauma work. response. Or <laughs> and, and my daughter is, she's on TikTok all the time. And, mm. and, you know, there are so many buzzwords. But 
it kind of minimizes what people are really dealing with. People are really dealing with anxiety. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it, we kind of went along before the pandemic and we had desensitized ourselves to a lot of anxiety okay. and a lot of the, the fast paced world. Mm-hmm. And then we kind of insulate ourselves and everything shut down and everybody got a chance to kind of, well, most of everybody got a chance to take a break and calm down. And then you throw everybody back into the mm-hmm. real world again mm-hmm. and you're not desensitized anymore. Right. So now you're realizing, oh, wow, why am I having these heart palpitations? Why am I increased sweating? Why can't I sleep at night? Why am I jumpy? Mm-hmm. Um, so all, are, are all of those uh, symptoms of an anxiety experience? Is, is that what you're telling me? Yes. Yeah, because there are a lot of people out there maybe who haven't been diagnosed and they don't know, you know what would it look like if I really had a legitimate anxiety attack or had anxiety in my life what what are the the symptoms go over those again and and tell me you know do i need to be concerned or is it something natural or uh, is it just a natural adult response to to an outside stimulus help me frame that a little well there is you know we have a typical stress response okay so how we react to stress you know things kind of increase you know thoughts in our brain increase and you kind of get a little more focused uh but you're not going to have your life really disrupted okay okay so that's a typical stress now when that stress turns into i'm having problems sleeping now and i didn't before uh i can't sleep or i want to sleep too much or I'm getting heart palpitations. Um, um, my heart is racing. I'm really agitated and I'm really irritated at things that didn't used to bother me. I'm dreading doing things that I didn't used to dread before. I'm dreading going to Walmart. I'm dreading going to, into crowds of people. Um, things are much more difficult now than they used to be. Okay. So it's kind of like if you know yourself how things used to be, mm-hmm. are things different for you mm-hmm. and are they interfering in your life? Mm. Is, is dreading going into Walmart or like, is that a legitimate? Listen, that should be a diagnosis. Yeah, right. There should be, you know what? There should be treatment for that. Mm-hmm. Everything should be online. Right. I will yeah. say that I think that many times we think that we either are or we aren't a certain way. And we should have, all of that should have manifest itself by the time I get through puberty and, 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 and uh, my young adulthood. By the time I'm 25, Greg ought to be who Greg is. And then Greg wakes up 40 years old and he's different than he was when he was 39. So it's, it's not necessarily a given that everything that's going to be manifest to me is going to be manifest by the time I get through my teenage years, right? Oh, no. I, actually, I have a, a really good friend, and he grew up in a great family, supportive parents. He's as typical as you can, as you can come by. Okay. But when he was 39 or 40, he had his first panic attack. Mm. And he went to the doctor repeatedly, and the doctor said, it's not your heart. (laughs) It's not your heart, repeatedly. Mm. And and he said, I I need that test. So he said, well, I'm going to send you over to get that test done, get on the treadmill. They said, it's not your heart, it's anxiety. Mm -hmm. And he has managed his anxiety ever since. But his first panic issue was not until he was 39 or 40. So... We can be deep into our adult life and things change. Absolutely. And we're going to go to a break uh, here with Cassandra Decker and uh, Cooley and Labus Financial Advisors and talk about coming out of this break. 
how to recognize these changes and what our response should be. Should I automatically go looking for a pill or is there a lifestyle thing that maybe I can uh, uh, cling on to from the Advisors Roundtable on Super Talk Radio? Welcome back to the Advisors Roundtable, Certified Financial Planners, Cooley and Levis with you right here on Super Talk Radio, along with our resident counselor, uh, Cassandra Decker, and it's always great to have Cassandra. And before we get through too deep in this, Bubba, I, I like to give her just a moment to review, review who she is, where she came from, how she got here, and how we trust her so much. So, so Cassandra, uh, how'd you get into this line of work? Well, I, uh, I kind of had a, a rough time growing up and I always thought I, I really want to be on the inside so that I can help people who have dealt with the things that I've dealt with. Okay. Um, and so I decided that I was going to go to school and, and become a therapist and, um, which there's of course a whole lot more to that. Mm. Most therapists get in here to get in this field to diagnose themselves or someone else. So <laughs> No lie. Um, and so it, it, that's really what I wanted to do. And I felt led, you know, God mm. led me to where I am. And I really, my focus was going to be on adolescence, but mm. God has kind of pushed me this way. And anxiety has been something that I have dealt with my own, in my own life mm -hmm. um, and depression, those things. And so it, it has been my passion to try and help people uh, as much as I can. And, you know, so I received my master's degree. Uh, at the University of North Alabama. Mm -hmm. uh, I received my EDS, which is a midpoint between master's and, and doctorate from the University of West Alabama. Uh, and I've been in private practice for, in my own practice for about seven years. Um, and before that I was worked with the Community Mental Health Center for uh, seven years, I believe. So I've been in it for a while and I've seen a lot of things. And, and so my information comes from my own experiences and from experiences with clients and education and, and a lot of research and studying. Mm. Um, so you see, I guess, anywhere from two to 20 people a day. I don't know what your workload is, but what percentage do you think are affected by anxiety? Oh, wow. I would say, uh, I would say 90 to 95% deal really? with some kind of anxiety. Really? Mm-hmm. All right, so those are the people that you see. Right. The people that you don't see. Just taking a general swath at the American population or the population of Mississippi, mm -hmm. would you say that uh, it's somewhere in the 60 to 70% range? In the 90% range? Of, of the general population? Of the general population. Mm. I would absolutely say it's somewhere between 80 and 90% of the okay. po general population. And the majority of them don't realize that they are dealing with anxiety. Right. Right. Which is where coping mechanisms sure. come in. Yeah, so let's talk about those coping mechanisms. Let's say that I've never been to a therapist. You know, I, I, I think those are for crazy people. Right. <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. uh, because that, that would probably be one of the prejudices against somebody coming to see you, right? Right, that's a big stigma. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right, so, you know, I turn on the radio and hear these two guys supposed to be talking about finance. And they're talking about mental health. Mm -hmm. But... Um, you know, I, I hang in there and I listen a little bit. Give me an indication of some of the things I've been using as coping methods over my lifetime that could indicate to me, hey, dude, you have anxiety. Uh, well, I think that number one that most people don't want to talk about is food. Mm. Food 
helps Gosh, us she's to calm preach, down. Man. I didn't invite her to preach. You got to people's right? toes. And, you know, it, the people will turn off the radio. I yeah. know. You know what? They're going to turn off the radio, or they're going to say, "Okay, well, maybe I do use food yeah. sometimes." So how do I use? How would how would people use food? Eat too much. Mm-hmm. Eat too little. Mm-hmm. Uh, eat the wrong things. Mm-hmm. Eat things full of caffeine and sugar. Uh, is that right? Am yes. I going down the right? Oh, road? absolutely. Carbohydrates, mm-hmm. sugars, mm-hmm. feel-good foods, uh-huh. and nobody's feeling good on carrots. <laughs> <laughs> that's probably true. So that's why I go to the Twinkies sometimes, mm-hmm. huh? Exactly. <laughs> yes. All right. All right. So, so food, it's a coping mechanism. Mm-hmm. Um, and I could tell it my waistline if I chose that as my coping mechanism. I could probably tell it my blood pressure. I mean, there are a number of symptoms here of this coping mechanism, right? Right. Right. <clears throat> so food. Food is one. Mm-hmm. Um Alcohol is a very big one, especially if one of those thoughts are, gosh, I just need, you know what, I've had a tough day. I'm just going to have a glass of wine to unwind. Mm-hmm. Take the edge off. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What, what edge? Yeah, wow. yeah, yeah, yeah. And if I have to do it every night. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So if we haven't run everybody off with food and alcohol, yeah. <laughs> where else is mm-hmm. she going to take us before we finish coping mechanisms? Well, and there are some different things, mm. such as over-exercising. Uh, some people will try to control things. It, and the big thing about anxiety is we want something, a coping strategy that we feel like we can control. Mm-hmm. Because when we're anxious, we feel like things are out of our control. Okay. So we seek out things that we can control. So some people will exercise excessively. Some people will work excessively. Mm-hmm. They will they will sink their life into something that will keep them distracted. Okay. All right. Here's one that we found in our office, getting back to the Mm -hmm. financial world. We see some people who have never looked at their investment accounts. They've never looked at their 401ks. Suddenly they become, they think they have become super analysts. Yep. Huh? Mm -hmm. They, they start analyzing everything and they call up Bubba and what does P.E. ratio stand for? What's a dividend yield? Mm-hmm. And, I, and they never thought about that when the stock market was going great. Right. But then the stock market has a little bit of a pullback and suddenly their mechanism, their coping mechanism is overanalyzation. Right? And what does that usually lead to, Bubba, as we look mm-hmm. back over the last 50 years when people get that way? The wrong decision at the wrong time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. And that happens with all these other coping mechanisms, too. If I use food, if I use alcohol, I'm probably going to do too much or too little exercise, work. Mm -hmm. Um, Because all of those things are okay in balance. Right. Balance. But we don't like balance when things are out of control. Mm -hmm. And anxiety makes me feel like I'm out of control. Right. Anxiety is the feel of lack of control. Okay. All right, so I'm I'm gonna relate uh, what I know about anxiety to a movie that I saw once called "What About Bob," starring Richard Dreyfuss and Bill Murray. Yeah, and and this may be an op- oversimplification, and I may be totally off here on this, right? Keep going. But there were a couple of things that Richard Dreyfuss told uh, uh, Bill Murray to do. Number one was baby steps, and and what did he do, uh, Bill Murray? He took baby steps all the way to Richard Dreyfuss's cabin out in the woods. You know, it's a funny movie, but I think it has some really good points. The other thing that I remember about that movie is when he goes sailing. You know, I'm a sailor anyway, but. 
when he's strapped to the mast, <laughs> you know, and, and has all these uh, life jackets and everything else and a, and a little rubber ducky around his waist. And he's mm-hmm. saying, I'm sailing, I'm sailing. No, you're right? Not. Yeah. No, you're not. And you remember in the beginning of that movie, the Bob's current therapist quits, closes his practice, and right. leaves town. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder why. Right. Mm-hmm. With people like yeah. that, right? right? Yeah. Right. So, out of all these people that you say, you know, 80, 90% of the people are dealing with some kind of, of anxiety um, and the coping mechanisms um, that they have been using, um, do you see them have success against it? Or is it just going to be a constant fail or, or, or constant issue the rest of their lives? Is it something I can get over or is it just part of my personality? I guess that's what I'm asking about. Well, I think it depends very much on what you do mm. and the way you go about managing it. Okay. And there are steps that you can take to learn to manage it, mm. but there are also things that you can do so that it's not a big issue in your life anymore. Mm. Well, that's encouraging. Right. And so one of the big things is trusting experts at what they do. Mm. So you guys are, are you guys are certified mm-hmm. in all things financial. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So why am I not trusting you to do the job that you're trained to do? When I don't trust you and your advice, then I'm taking the control back and that's going to be detrimental to my mental health. Mm, so it's like, you know, you go to a doctor, general mm-hmm. practitioner, practitioner, and you said, my toe's been swelling, doc. And the doc looks at it and says, well, you've been wearing the wrong size shoe. Mm-hmm. Okay? That seems like a simple solution. But hell, I like those shoes. Right, and my mom <laughs> bought me these shoes, and, and my whole family's worn these shoes. I'm just going to go to another doctor. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. And I know that's a simplification, and somebody out there dealing with a real anxiety is probably not happy with me right now. But on the other hand, sometimes it is that obvious. It it really is that obvious. And there are people out there that we don't trust that that's what they do. Mm. A doctor is there to do what he specializes in. Mm -hmm. If I go to my cardiologist and he tells me I have a cholesterol issue... He's the expert. Yeah, yeah, so no more sausage. Right. Or much less sausage. Right. Or whatever. So there may be diagnoses and there may be uh, prescriptions and there may be uh, kinds of therapy, but I still have to do them. Oh, absolutely. There Mm -hmm. is, you know, one thing that I tell people very often is, not dealing with your anxiety is hard because mm-hmm. every day is going to be a struggle. Mm-hmm. Managing your anxiety is going to be hard. Mm-hmm. You got to pick your hard. Okay. Yeah. Do you want this hard or that hard? Mm-hmm. And one hard comes with same old, same old, same old cloud. Mm-hmm. One hard comes with maybe a solution. Right. One hard comes with peace mm-hmm. and people that won't run away when they see you because you're ill as a hornet. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Why don't people like me? <laughs> well, you got a minute? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> We're up against another break here with Cassandra. We're going to continue this discussion from the Advisors Roundtable on Super Talk Radio. 
Welcome back to the Advisors Roundtable. Certified Financial Planners Cooley and Labus with you today with our uh, resident counselor and therapist, uh, Cassandra Decker. And, and Cassandra, it's always great to have you. And we're going down this road talking about anxiety and, and uh, do I need to want to change? Oh, absolutely. There, no one can make you change mm -hmm. if you don't want to change. Do I need to want to have a better existence? Yes. Do I have to convince myself that I'm worthy of a better existence? I think you do. You have to talk to yourself and believe that I'm worthy of it, even if you don't know how to get it. Isn't hope a big deal? It's a humongous deal. Are there people who, who don't really have any hope? They don't have any real uh, vested interest in tomorrow. There are so many people walking around without hope and without purpose. Mm -hmm. And that is one of the things I tell people is chaos without purpose is misery. Ooh. Ooh. Say that again. Chaos without purpose is misery. Mm. Because then it's just chaos for the sake of chaos. Mm. If there's no purpose, then what are you fighting for? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, and so... If I uh, need to want to change, um, <laughs> is it going to take me a while to get to that point? Or do you see some people where the light bulb just go, goes off and suddenly they're ready to be a different person? Well, I think it, a big part of it is seeing someone else who has what you want. Mm. So that's why it's important for people who do manage their or their anxiety and, and have a peaceful life to kind of be a good examples to other people because mm -hmm. you may be vicariously showing them what life is like mm. when you don't have to be anxious and when you do have a purpose. Mm -hmm. So I think if you can just find someone that has what you want, that can help you to see, okay, well maybe, maybe I could find purpose. So Bubba, in, in our life, uh, as financial advisors, certified financial planners, people come into our office, we talk about a number of things related to their financial life. And we give them advice. And then they go off and do their own thing. Mm -hmm. Do you find very often that they come back and admit <laughs> that they didn't do it well? Will their ego allow them to admit that there's something else they want, as Cassandra says? I, I don't recall a time in my career that I remember uh, an individual client that you know we have given advice to or, or whatever it may have been, or they decided that they wanted to do it all on their own, mm -hmm. that have ever come back. They've never come back and admitted, hey, right. what I tried yeah. didn't work. My way of getting out of debt didn't work. Mm -hmm. My way of managing my money didn't work. Right. My my way of insurance, my mm -hmm. whatever. And, and and I say that in a way that uh, in many instances, I know that they have gone somewhere else mm -hmm. to seek advice. But I think the fact that maybe we confronted them or showed them a, a, an issue that they had mm -hmm. or whatever it may have been, mm -hmm. uh, they have this sense of embarrassment about them that, well, I, you know, I couldn't do this on my own and I'm not going to come back to you because mm -hmm. you pointed out my flaws to begin with. Mm. Do you find that, Cassandra, that sometimes you give somebody advice, you make a diagnosis, and they really were looking for somebody just to make them feel better? I see that very often, and, and I see that with, with 
families who will bring someone into therapy. Uh They want me to quote unquote fix them. (laughs) (laughs) And then when we have a family session so we can discuss that it's a family problem and not just a one, a one person problem, they are not always that excited. Mm -mm. But you know, and, and I think about you, mm-hmm. you guys doing financial planning, mm-hmm. both of you did not get where you are by never failing. I am, a, I am That's, certain mm-hmm. of right, 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 right. And right. so I think that people get in their head that, well, they're going to judge me or they're going to get mad at me mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. when all they have to do is come in and just say, you know what? Mm-hmm. It didn't work. What would, what would you, Bubba, what would you say to someone that said, you know what? I went out and tried it myself and it didn't work. So I mean, would you berate them or be angry or, or would you support them? And, and I'd, I'd support them and say, you know, you learn from your mistakes, number one. Mm. And number two, this is the way we're going to move forward. Mm. And, and this is a no judgment zone. Right. I think many times people think that they're so screwed up that, you know, the, the, the judgment is just yeah. going to be so oppressive that they can't handle it. Um, and, and we don't want to be judgmental to the point of in, in relating this to the financial world, uh, sometimes bankruptcy is an option mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it's probably a viable option. Yeah. It's and, legal. <laughs> and, and many people say, well, you know, that's a total failure on my part. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that's the only option you have in order to get out of a hole. Yeah. Right. Wipe the slate clean. Mm-hmm. Let's start over. Uh, try to do this a different way. And where you are, you're in a deep hole. What did we say the other day that uh, that, uh, that, that uh, Will Rogers said about hole management? First thing about hole management is Just quit stop, digging. Quit digging. Yeah. You know, let's don't dare ourselves any deeper mm-hmm. uh, and and uh, analyze what got us here. And maybe it's me digging. Maybe I need to stop mm-hmm. and think. So you said one of your first points you make to people, Cassandra is that they need to trust advice of somebody else about the stopping of the digging. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes. Right? And follow that advice. Right. And that goes back to trusting in others. Mm. A lot of anxiety is kind of an ego problem as well. Oh, we really? have some ego issues. Okay. You know what? I know he said this, but I saw on TikTok, and I think I can do that. <laughs> And so we tried on our own, and then we're too proud to go back and say, hey, uh, here's the shovel. I do need to stop digging. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Now you show me how right. to get out of this hole. Right. Right. And, you know, even it, so in my field, my job is to be a therapist. Mm-hmm. Now I own a business. My job, I'm, I'm good at doing therapy. I'm not great at doing my own accounting and billing and all those other things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So for me to be a good therapist... I have to trust other people that they are going to do their jobs Mm. or I am going to be extremely anxious because I'm going to worry about billing and accounting and finances Mm -hmm. and, and all of these other things. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to be focused on what I need to be doing in my life. And when you focus on what you're good at, you have less anxiety. Yes. And that is not just at work but it allows me to spend time with my family stress-free. When I know that you two have my money and my best interest at heart, mm-hmm. I can rest easier, and that portion of my brain can be focused on something more positive. Right. And you said a minute ago, you used the word chaos. Mm-hmm. Many times I have chaos in my life. Just think about, and this is what I do in my brain, okay? 
my, my youngest daughter used to say, Daddy, I remember it in my head. I'm like, where else are you going to remember it? But <laughs> whatever. <laughs> but uh, I think of the top of a desk. Now, there are some people who are very particular about the top of their desk. It's not chaotic. You could not describe that desk as chaotic. There are other people whose desk is very chaotic. They got all this over here and all this over here and this unfinished here and this unattended to that. And it's just a pile. And I think some would say that's a sign of genius. Yeah. Organized chaos. Yeah. That's the question. Is it organized chaos? Are you getting to it? Do you know where it is? And sometimes I think that's the way we are in our emotions. We got all this stuff going on at one time. And if I could just think about this corner of my desk, if I could hand that to Bubba. Uh Uh-huh. And Bubba could take care of that pile of stuff. Look at my desk. It's not as chaotic as it was. Right. And maybe my mind and my emotions are the same way. And, and so, you know, you can kind of picture it. I heard it said once. You can kind of picture it. You're in the ocean in these, and you can understand mm-hmm. this uh, analogy. You've got two ships. Mm-hmm. They start at the same place. Now, I don't have, the right ship does not have to take a drastic right turn to go in a different direction. Mm-mm. If both are going the same direction and one just veers to the right just a little bit. Like one degree of separation. Yes. The further it goes out, mm. the further away they are. They are. So you take one thing off that desk and you give one thing to someone else who can help you. Mm-hmm. That starts an enormous amount of change. Is it admitting failure if I come and ask Bubba if he'll take those few things off that corner of my desk? No, it is absolutely not failure. In fact... One of the biggest issues, especially with anxiety, is I can do it myself. I don't need any help. If I ask for help, that means I'm failing. Mm. Asking for help, imagine, think about our hospital, Magnolia Hospital, Mm -hmm. the CEO. What if he did everything himself? Like nursing and Mm -hmm. orderly and all that stuff? A good leader delegates. Uh, Right. Yeah. And you are the leader of your own mind. Right. It's the place you can start being a leader, mm-hmm. right? Absolutely. And so you realize you got all this chaos. Well, I may not be that good at relationships. I need to handle that. I may not be good on my spiritual life. That needs to be handled by somebody I, I, I can trust. I'm not that good with my financial life. And so kind of segregate it and try to find help that way. In, in delegation, though, mm-hmm. right? So if I delegate a task to our executive producer, Phil, right? Mm-hmm. I also have to trust that maybe he's not going to do it exactly the way that I want oh. it. But if, if the end result gets done, oh. right, then I need to learn to accept that, oh. right? Or give better instruction on how I want it done to begin with. Uh, you got to release, got to leave yeah. it. You got you got to let go a little bit. Once you hand that stack of mm-hmm. papers to Phil and say, Phil, handle this, mm-hmm. we'll talk about it at five. Between now and five, mm-hmm. you got to quit thinking about it. Right. And when it, when it comes back and he didn't do it just exactly mm-hmm. like your ego would have done right. it, you got to leave it alone, mm-hmm. dude. Boy, that's a skill. Yeah. I mean, there are some people are not good at that at all. You know, there is one easy technique for that. What's that? Okay. So let's use that as an example. Mm-hmm. You are going to give this over to Phil. Mm-hmm. Every time you want to take it back, you repeat in your head over and over again. It's his. It's his. I'm giving it away. Giving it away. Don't take it back. Don't mm-hmm. take it back. Don't take it back. You repeat this over and over in your head. That stops when you're actively saying something in your head. It stops mm. the train of thoughts. 
keeps you from going too far down the wrong road. Yes. All right. We're going to take another break at the Advisors Roundtable and come back with this interesting discussion with Cassandra Decker. Welcome back to the Advisors Roundtable. Certified Financial Planners Greg Cooley and Bubba Labus with you today with our resident therapist Cassandra Weathers and our Cassandra Decker. Sorry, and and Cassandra, tell me about this uh, bringing it in for a landing kind of thing. We were talking about kind of thought stopping a moment ago. Mm-hmm. All right. Then you, when we went off the air said something about, I go from thought stopping to thought swapping. Mm -hmm. What does that look like? Work me through an example of that. So it it kind of, in our brains with anxiety, it, it, we do what's called catastrophizing. Mm. So it is a real word. So what happens is if you kind of picture a train leaving the station, you know, your, your thoughts start to, they get bigger and bigger. Mm. You know, how am I going to handle these financial issues? Mm. Oh my gosh, I'm never going to handle these financial issues. What are we going to do? We're going to be destitute. We're going to lose our house. We're going to lose our car. Mm. And my kids are never going to speak to me. And, and all of a sudden you're homeless under the bridge over <laughs> downtown. Right, right. Okay. So if you stop the train from leaving the tracks, it doesn't get that far. Okay. Okay. So... Our brains won't independently, cannot do two things really if you are, that train won't leave if you are actively speaking in your head. Okay, so if you're talking to the conductor, the train won't leave. Right, if you're saying, train stop, nope, we're not going anywhere. We're not gonna go anywhere. We're gonna stop this thought right here. We're not gonna go any further. Our money's gonna be fine. I have professional advisors. They know what they're gonna do. Things are gonna be fine. Things are going to be fine. Mm. So I have just stopped the thought Mm -hmm. and swapped it with a positive one. Okay. All right. And every time I get these negative catastrophic thoughts, stop. Stop it. Your money is fine. Your Mm. money is fine. (laughs) Things are going to be fine. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Now, do you get better at that? Oh, it sounds really easy when I say it right now. (laughs) Right. But it takes a lot of practice because we kind of automatically have these things that are uh, written in our brains to to become catastrophic when we think and to always think the worst Mm -hmm. so it takes practice and that's where someone like someone like me can come in help and and handy where i help you to learn how to stop those thoughts manage your anxiety how to talk to yourself because see if bubba allows his train to leave the station he's always done that right nobody's ever told him to stop and swap he's always let the train leave the station and and letting the train leave the station is kind of uh, the the way he feels like he's addressing it right you know He, he he feels like he's thinking about his wife he feels like he's thinking about what's best for his family he feels like he's thinking about the future right right and so he's always done that, and the next thing he knows, he's two miles down down the track. Right. And before it made before things had kind of gotten where they are today in our society, the train was leaving the track for things like, "Gosh, I'm never going to get to the grocery store. I've got, you know, what? I've got mm-hmm. to get gas. I've got to." So mm-hmm. they were less severe, and mm-hmm. now it's. The percentage rates are high. Where's my money? Mm-hmm. How am I going to buy gas? Mm-hmm. How am I going to pay for rent? Everything is more severe. I coughed. It may be COVID. Right. It's absolutely, yeah, everybody, yes, exactly. So things are, uh, the train is much more severe now. So that catastrophic thinking is, is far more catastrophic. Train's going faster. Right. And it's a bigger train. Mm. All right. So we stop and we internalize and coach Mm -hmm. and we swap. Uh, We trust. 
I mean, you've given us four or five steps here to dealing with our anxiety, right? Mm -hmm. um, everybody's getting free therapy today, Phil, right? All right, so one, you ha have any more points related to me and my dealing with my anxiety above stopping and swapping and trusting and, and internalizing my coaching? What, what else would I, should I do? Well, I think the most important thing and, and the, the number one determinant factor in whether you get better or not is insight, mm -hmm. is realizing that, hey, this isn't normal for me. Mm -hmm. Maybe there's a problem. Maybe I do have anxiety. Mm -hmm. So I think realizing that there's a problem. Okay. So going back to that train scenario, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Recognizing that you're you're asking a question of yourself or going down a path, right? That you need to stop, I think is probably the first step, right? Right, yeah. right. Yeah. And have, have I stepped on the train? Right. Right? Right. And I'm going to say that 99% of us have a train. Mm, yeah. Am I going to admit it? You know, you, you said I need to realize that uh, I'm having an issue and that I'm stepping on the train but uh, will my ego allow me to admit it do i think that you know only crazy people think this way and and this is normal uh do you see people who come in your office who actually act like they really don't want to be there i do have some people that will come in mm -hmm. and act like they don't want to be there they will have kind of this strong front and you know what? Mm. They just need time to talk about things. Mm. They just need to trust. Mm. And then they start to talk about and open up. But a lot of people don't want to trust someone else. It's very hard to trust. So what does it take, Phil? What are, what are the uh, things that need to happen in his life for him to trust somebody? Whether it's to trust a doctor or to trust a minister or to trust an accountant or, to, you know, what, what are the little steps we need to take psychologically to become more trusting? I think a big part of it is to realize you're already trusting people right now. You trust the bank teller with your money. Mm -hmm. You trust a gas station when you get gas that they're put that there's real gasoline in there, not full of water. Okay. You're trusting the grocery store that they haven't tainted your food. Mm -hmm. You're trusting uh, the stoplights that they're not going to cause you to have an accident. Mm -hmm. You trust your car every time you get in that it's going to run. Mm -hmm. You trusted the seat. Mm -hmm. We all trusted these mm -hmm. chairs that they're going to hold us. Mm -hmm. So realizing that we already trust people. So it's okay to trust other experts as well. Okay. So I'm already trusting whether I know that I'm trusting or not. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, and I, it's okay to trust somebody for something big. Yes. And that is understanding that, you know, therapists, we are experts in our field. We know how to help people. Mm -hmm. You guys are certified financial planners. Mm -hmm. You are experts in your field. Mm -hmm. Bankers are experts in their field. Mm -hmm. Phil, you're an expert in this field with radio. Mm -hmm. People have expertise. Doctors, I, my wonderful doctor, Liz, mm -hmm. she's an expert. I trust her. Right, right. So letting people do what they do and what they're experts in. And that relieves so much anxiety. Oh, yes. And it makes you, uh, first of all, it makes you better. Yeah, in the healthcare field, mm -hmm. you go to the doctor because you know you, you, you don't go to the doctor just to go to the doctor. You go to the doctor because you got an issue. Right. And if you trust them and you follow the the prognosis, diagnosis, prescription, you're going to get better. Better is a a good thing. Right. Better is better. Exactly. And and that should be the point. Right. 
And every day, can I have hope that today's going to be better than yesterday? I think everyone has hope. If we're still breathing, everyone has hope. Whether we realize it or not? Yeah. And everyone has purpose. Mm. So what you said, chaos without purpose? Equals misery. Is misery. Mm-hmm. Some of us are miserable. Yeah. And you don't have to be. That is, that is really the, the, the quote of the day there. You don't have to be. You don't yeah. have to continue that way. You don't have to continue to worry about the stock market. You don't have to continue to worry about Putin. You don't have to continue to worry about oil prices. Now, I understand that some of that is real to you. Used to, when you went to the, to the gas station, it cost $40. Now it costs $60, $80, $100. Bubba, what did it cost the last time you filled up your vehicle? $106. $106. That's real. Mm-hmm. And for somebody who was on a tight budget in the first place, that's anxiety. Well, and that kind of goes back to the point. If, if gas is much higher and I'm more stressed about money, it would kind of make sense to call you guys because mm-hmm. you're experts in money because mm-hmm. you can probably help me figure out what to do. Yeah, yeah. And, and many times it's just uh, a different focus on how you're spending your money. Right. Where the other money has been going. And it may be a focus on uh, your employment. You know, you got an easy job, but it's not really reflective of all your capabilities. Uh-huh. You know, a little change. You, you, a little change. Mm-hmm. We may have you back, Cassandra, uh, to have another discussion about change and how we're afraid of it. Oh, then people really might turn the radio off. <laughs> <laughs> I think many people hung around and listened today because uh, it was a great discussion about anxiety with all the things going on in the world today. And it's always wonderful to have Cassandra Decker with us, our resident therapist. We always want to have you uh, around more often. Thank you for having me. It's absolutely been wonderful. Have a great day, guys. discussion and content expressed by the host of the Advisors Roundtable are intended to be received as news, educational, and entertainment or unit items and are not to be accepted by the listener as legal, investment, insurance, or tax advice. Opinions and views will be expressed by guests of the Advisors Roundtable and those opinions and views are those of the guests alone and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Advisors Roundtable host or any of its affiliated radio stations. All information provided is educational in nature and is not intended to be acted upon without first consulting the appropriately licensed professional of your choosing. Before acting upon any information obtained during an advisor's roundtable broadcast, an individual should understand matters are extremely tax-specific and require advice tailored to individual facts and needs. Certified financial planners Greg Cooley and Andrew Labus are registered representatives of S.A. Stone Wealth Management Incorporated. Securities offered through S.A. Stone Wealth Management Incorporated, member FINRA, SIPC. Advisory services offered through Ignite Planners, LLC. Ignite Planners, LLC is not affiliated with S.A. Stone Wealth Management Incorporated. Mm-hmm.